August 28, Wild Man's Prison Stories. Thanks to Dylan Seaweed for sending in the red dot glasses. I'm going to look at Wild Man right now. Hello. <laughs> There's a red dot. There's a red dot. There's a red dot. I can see them. I can see the dots. And thanks for Claire Blackie guest starring. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed Wild Man's video so far, in the description box below this video is his playlist. Hours and hours and hours, 50 plus videos right now. Last podcast, we described Wildman's, did a few anecdotes about his enforcer days and then his jail journey. And now we're doing his prison journey. So Wildman, <coughs> he's just served over a year in the Maricopa County Jail System in Phoenix, Arizona, run by Sheriff Joe Arpaio. He's been sentenced to almost eight years in prison for being part of the conspiracy, importing ecstasy conspiracy that I, I was coordinating. And the prosecutor said, while man was an enforcer, never got caught of any drugs because any drugs that were put in front of him, he would automatically consume every single one of them. So. So, okay, so I'm going with the big boys now. I've been sentenced. Uh, the day I got sentenced, people say, how did you feel? Well, it wasn't the greatest day, like, you know what I mean? But it wasn't that bad either. It's, oh, hey-ho, get on with it. That's the, the attitude you got to have. You can sit there and mope about it, but you don't want to get fuck all out of it. They did have me on lots of psych drugs. They thought I was bipolar and shit. So they already had me on Syroquel and fucking, oh, uh, that Tramadol and a few others. And it's like, so, put me on a bus, go into the, the big house, as they call it. First of all, you don't go straight to there. You do different drops. The first drop we did was at Buckeye, level four. And as we were on the bus, you're looking at people. And the, you know, you watch these old American movies and the stuff at the gate, mad dogging you, and they're like fucking shouting, fucking. We're gonna rape you. We're gonna do this. Is that is that similar similar bullshit? I thought well, this is a very nice place, is it? Look at that. <laughs> On the bus, and they call your name out. I thought, fuck it. I hope they don't call me name here. I want a bit nicer than this. There's no fucking scene in anything. I stay on the bus. I thought, wait, I'm doing all right. Carry on. Goes exactly the same looking type of prison, but this goes. It's all Steiner, Lewis, Buckeye. It's all different complexes. I go from, I go to Steiner Red. There's a Steiner Red and a Steiner Blue. It's two identical prison yards. The Steiner Blue is for people who are doing, like, they've been doing time, but they've been there for a few years. So they've got kitchen jobs and stuff like that. Like trustees, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they put me in Steiner Red. And I've had a long day travelling, to be fair, like. So I fucking, I end up, you get allocated to your bed. And I thought, well, this is a bit different, because when I was in Towers, I was used to two, well, two or three men fucking cells. Only supposed to be two people in there, but there's three, sometimes four. And um, I walk in this place, and it's dorms. There's like 16 beds on one side, 16 beds on the other. And still formation, same formation. There's a hexagon tower in the corner there, then you've got A, B, C, and then you've got D, E, F. 
So I go, go lie down on my bed. I'm thinking, I'm fucking knackered. I'm not even going to bother going to fucking chow. I'm just going to fucking kip. And then, um, what happens? Oh, yeah. The fucking, the head of the, not the head of the whites. And not AB. The guy who's running the pod for the brothers come and ask me name and fucking saw me name, asked me my charges. I thought, oh, fuck's sake, here we go. So I said, what the fuck's I got to do with you, basically? Words were fucking exchanged. I just whacked him. And I couldn't be fucking arsed with it. You know what I mean? I thought, well, I'm going to start as a means to fucking go on here. I'm not having some cunt just come up and sit on my fucking bed and start fucking asking me fucking 10 different questions about myself. So, I whack him. All the white guys were looking at me. And then there was a, there was a guy in there who knew me from the last place, boom. And uh, he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. He said, I'll see what I can do about it. You're going to have to come chow, though. The, the, the woods will want to speak to you about it. I said, I'm not really that hungry. You don't want to go. She said, look, it's not a fucking request. you got to go fucking go chow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... This guy's his feelings a bit fucking hurt, like you know what I mean. I did try and go up to him and apologise and all that, and he's just like, "Fuck off! I'll do something and fucking regret." And, uh, and I'm thinking, "Well, why wouldn't you fucking do that in the first place?" Then you look shit house. But anyway, left it at that. I was just tired. All I was wanted to do was had a few hours fucking kip, just being got fucking like you know, seven and a half fucking years, and I didn't want fucking some dickhead asking me what I'm in there for. He was only doing fucking three. And he was getting out. So, um, I have to go there. Boone said, look, stick with me. And we'll have to weigh in this out a little bit. So I go there. And he said, this is, uh, uh, you know, the altercation what happened. This is the lad here. Boone introduced, he said, all I'm saying is he's a good lad. I've known him for a while. Knew him through towers. And he's, he's in on a big drug case. There's a lot of them who's in with him, and uh, he's a, he's a stand-up good, he's a stand-up guy, he's a stand-up wood like. So I sit that I go to sit down, and one of them said, "I didn't say you to sit down." So I think, "Oh, here we go again." You know what? Just I'm going to end up in the fucking hole here. I just might as well just fucking go for the biggest guy now and get fucking put in the fucking hole for a while. But I kept my gob shut, stood back up, looked respectful. Even though I'm thinking, oh, you cunts. And they're like, they just said, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, I said, well, it's the first time I've been in prison. I said, when I was in towers, no one come up to me and asked me for paperwork or no one come up to me and asked me for this or asked for that. So I just thought the guy was being a nosy cunt, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? So they went, no, it doesn't work like that. He said, look, you're going to have to apologise to him. And he might want to do something about it. So if he wants to go to the showers, that's on him. I don't think he probably wants to, but I'm just telling you now, if he calls you to the showers, you've got to go around your business. I thought, well, fuck it all. He went down the first time easy enough. I haven't got too, too, too much to worry about. But you can't get too cocky. Just send the couple in on you, or they could stick you and all that. So I ate, I ate a bit of humble pie. I apologised. And for a couple of days, I carried on apologising. And towards the end, it sort of got dropped. And at, after a few months, 
we got to know one another. We were talking. It was all right. And it worked out that he was actually leaving. And while he was leaving, the other guys wanted me to just look after the white and the young the youngsters. Basically, what that entails is is get him up so they're on the rec yard. Make sure some of them stay in so they're looking after their old people. Make sure they wash. Make sure they're respectful to other races. Make sure the youngsters aren't getting off their heads on fucking hooch and causing fucking race riots and shit. And just generally being like a... Like a mentor in a way, you know what I mean? Just showing them like fucking right from wrong. Fuck knows why they asked me, but... Anyway... <laughs> There you go. So uh, I'm doing this for a while. And then um, what happens? Oh, yeah. I, I thought, well, I've got to think of a way to make some fucking coin here somehow. So I started sewing, and it sounds fucking girly, but I, uh, I was making gloves, and I was starting walking cases, and then started getting stuff from the kitchen, started making hooch, and... One of the like when I first got there, they said don't get the youngsters drunk because they're stupid and they just cause havoc. That in one winning one in here and out the other, so I had these youngsters basically going and getting the oranges from the kitchen for me, and I had the guy who had the yeast and the sugar, to bring it home, and I'd start to fucking did the first couple of recipes of hooch and it was shite, but I got I got the recipe down in the end. And like fucking started making hooch. And it was fucking really good shit too. With it being a desert, it didn't take that much to sort of ferment, really. Because it was always fucking hot shit in there. For me having to do that though, I had to give like basically 25% of my hooch to the, to, to the woods. That's just like a contribution. That's just to say like, you know, I haven't got money, but... I can help out this way. And they'll sell it for £2.50 a bottle. Generally, a tuna was about two fifty back then. Or a summer sausage and free fucking soups. So, we're doing this for a while. And we're not making that much to the point where we're getting fucking bladdered. Until I taught a couple of the youngsters how to do it too. And before you know it, I've got just a fucking pod full of fucking idiots who want to make hooch. So, you've got to babysit this hooch. So, you've got it under your fucking bed. You've got it in, you've got your laundry your laundry container. And you've got a, a, like a, a laundry bag, which is like a net bag. And you've got your bin bags. You put all your oranges and your water and your yeast. We've got hot, medium hot water. Not really hot, because too, too hot of water would kill the yeast. Put your sugar in, mix it all well. And then you get like a pen. You take the pen out the pen. So it's just like a, it's a tube. You put that in the top of your bag and you just tie it up with a piece of cotton like that. And basically that's a breather. What that does is once it starts cooking, it'll bubble up. And once it bubbles up, it causes whatever, some chemical reaction and you get gas and it just comes up and up. If you don't put that there, it's going to explode. You leave it like that for three days until you decide to you put it in bottles. And to put it in bottles is dead easy. You just take it to the showers. Your net bag that you had, 
you just literally, because you've mixed all your stuff up, you just pick the net bag up and it's got all the slush and all that crap in it. You ring it like that. So you've got all the, the, like your hooch juice in your bin bag and your net bag's just full of shit. And the youngsters have just put a little bit in each soil at the time and just flush it to get rid of it. There's no other way to get rid of it. Or if it, if it was that strong, they'd eat it and they'd get a little buzz off that too. But I didn't recommend that because it would just fuck with your stomach because it's got yeast and everything else in it. So then you've got it in bottles. You've got them in these little soda bottles. And then you've got to really babysit because you haven't got no holes in the soda bottles. So you've got to watch every hour on the hour. And you've got to burp them. You've just got to like that. Fizz it a little bit. You don't fill them for all the way up. You only fill them three quarters of the way up. And you burp it so you get some of the gas out. You do this for three fucking days. And you by this time, you want a fucking drink. And you know what it's done when you go to burp it and nothing more burps out. Nothing, it doesn't sort of like expand, you know what I mean? So then you just get wellied. You get absolutely fucking rotten drunk. Which in hindsight wasn't a good idea. <laughs> we are, me and Adam were the first ones to get in trouble. Once again, I had to go to the fucking... Uh, the, the, the wreck. And fucking... Who, who's Adam and what trouble did you get in? Oh, well, me and Adam were getting fucking drunk and we were just fucking around. We were basically just wrestling and fucking horse playing getting one another in headlocks and he'd be just like talking and the next minute I'd come up to him and get him in the headlock until he chokes out and vice versa we'd choke one another out and we started drinking this hooch and one of the, the Chicanos said um, Comete calm down lads calm down you know what I mean it's like it's getting a bit loud all the air is fuck you who the fucking hell do you think you're talking to oh fuck yourself you spick or something like that or not spick Wet back, that's what he called him, a wet back. So all I heard then was the, the Mexicans shout, boot up. So all the little fucking Mexicans and their soldiers are booting up. So I shout, boot up, white boys. So we boot up. The blacks and the Native Americans stay out of it. They just stay on the beds. And we're about to have a fucking war. We're about to have a fucking fight. It works out, Adam and... Casper, the, the head of the Mexican, they go into the toilet a bit and sort it out one on one, so there ain't no like kicking off. But it gets back, obviously it gets back. The the, the fucking the coppers come in and the fucking few people get dragged off. I'm one of them. Casper's one of them. Uh, Adam's one of them, and it gets back on the yard. What's happened? I I was in the hole for like I think I was only in there for like a day. And they had no, they let me out because they actually had no evidence that it was, because it, it, it wasn't in my locker at the time. So they, they had no evidence that it was mine. So they, they let me out, but under investigation, which eventually they'd find out it was mine anyway. But um, and this time, I had to go to the wreck yard. It was white guys again. And I'm thinking, oh, it's the fucking hell, Steve's again. They said, what did they tell you? Not less than six fucking months ago, you stupid. So I fucking asked that with insults, I oh, you come. And he just said, We told you, don't get the youngsters fucking, like, fucking off their heads, don't. They said, We've got you representing the pod for us. He said, We're taking that title from you right now because 
you're basically fucking up. And not only that, you're going to cause a fucking riot. So I said, all right, fair enough. I said, to be honest with you, it's fucking... It's all right, really. I said, because I've got a bit of time for myself. They said, don't get cheeky. Don't get leapy. We could fucking do you right now. We could just fucking get on you and fucking have you. You could be sleeping and not wake up. So just watch your step. So I'm like... Fucking hell, that's me told, you know what I mean? What did they look like these dudes? Like AB, Aryan Brotherhood, swastikas, skinheads, big muscle guys? Or... Kind of like, I mean, just the average guy, really. A lot of them sort of, they look like Chicanos, to be fair, because you have the heads all shaved anyway, and with you being in the desert, and the, the, the sun tanned. Tanned, yeah. So like, and they always go for this, like, muzzy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they look like Chicanos anyway. Yeah. So at first, I thought, fucking, I thought, what the fuck are the head of Chicanos want to speak to me for? You know what I mean? But there was, it was the head of the white boys. So when he said you can just fucking go to sleep and not wake up, how did that make you feel? Uh, well, and I thought I might slow me roll a bit, like, but fucking definitely take one or two of them with me. <laughs> that's, that's a definite too, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm going, fucking one of the heads are going with me, that's 100%. Yeah. So what was your next spot of trouble you got in? Uh, let me think. All right, so I'm in Steiner. Done the hooch. Done getting arrested. We done well at the time. A bit later on, it all went off anyway because it was uh, the, the riots started. We were all on lockdown. That was the riots with the Chicanos and the Mexicans. No, no, no. Before that. It was the, what you call it, the, um, we couldn't really get in trouble because we, we weren't allowed out for three fucking weeks. It was the hostage situation. Oh, the hostage situation, yeah. Yeah. So there was the longest hostage crisis in US prison history happened in the complex where Wild Man was housed on a different yard. This was, I think, if you Google this, I think this was... Morley, was it? 2000 and of Maury, I think 2004 yeah. or late 2003 because I was in the Madison Street jail maximum security and the whole jail system got locked down because the whole of the Arizona prison system was on high alert because yeah. of this hostage situation I think these guys were trying to escape and it failed so they kidnapped some staff members a female guard was raped. I don't know if a kitchen worker was raped. And they demanded to be moved to out-of-state prisons. And I think in the end, because it went on for so long, the governor of Arizona did authorise them to be moved to out-of-state prisons. That's not before delivering pizzas and shit. They were serving life anyway, so it didn't really... The extra time was irrelevant. So there were other situations like that happened after that, and they promised them they would move them, but they just put them in supermax once they'd fucking... Yeah, they told them, that these guys actually got moved, you see, for doing it, so they sort of got rewarded for being assholes. So then other people thought they could do it. It just doesn't work twice, does it, you know what I mean? They're shipped off then. Once you're fucking in SMU in place, you're not, you're not coming back out, are you? No. So... You're going through a lockdown because of that. Yeah, I'm going through a lockdown because of that. What's it like on lockdown in prison? <coughs> it's very monotonous and very boring. 
I was fortunate to have a TV. Now, your TV, you get certain channels. You get CNN, you get the news and all that. But they have the right to... They, black, they can black any channels out they want. And basically, we got to watch... We could watch, like, fucking ABC and Night Rider and stuff. But anything news-related or anything what was going on outside, it was a blackout. It was that bad. They'd even gone round for fucking certain prisons... And they'd put like big, massive, fucking like sort of sheets all the way around the windows, so no one could look out and see what was going on. You sat, you sat on your bed. There ain't no wreck. There ain't no fuck all. People are getting on one another's nerves real fucking quick. I can't fucking do hooch because I can't get nothing from the kitchen, even though the heads told me I fucking I've got to lay off it for a while. I thought, oh, well, this is a good time. You know what I mean? It's been fucking a month or so now. So, basically, you just sat on your bed, you're reading a fucking book, and then they come, and then they give you um, your food. But it's not the same food, because normally you get a hot meal in, in, in Steiner. And the food in, in prison itself is a hell of a lot better than it is in fucking towers, isn't it? Yeah, prison food. People sign plea bargains just to get out of jail so they can have some fresh air. The swamp cooler's fucking not broken. Yeah. The food's slightly better. Get some recreation. People are more settled. There's not all the violence and the chaos. They just signed plea bargains to move over to the prison system. They have, like, in Steiner, where we were at, it was, like, it was, it was AC. It was just, like, luxury, really. You know what I mean? In fact, yeah. sometimes in the afternoon, you'd be that cold, you'd have to sit with your fucking blanket on. <laughs> but that was a hell of a lot better than sitting there. It was 110 degrees outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in Arizona, Sonoran Desert, in UK temperature scale, we're talking almost 50 degrees in the summer. And in the winter, it's a beautiful place to be because it's still hot, but it's not too hot. But in the summer, it's a dry heat. Fucking hell, in the jail, skin yeah. infections, bed sores, you're just covered in that stuff because your skin's sweating all the time. It's itchy. and It was very good to buy asthma, actually. Before I actually went, I still take my inhaler now. But one inhaler will last me about four months. Before I'd actually gone away, I was going through like one inhaler like every two weeks. But the dry heat is actually good for you. I don't know how why it, <coughs> it this medically worked out it's actually better for you. So it did me a favour there with my asthma. But if I kept on fucking up, I wouldn't be too bothered about me asthma because I would probably end up getting a fucking knife in me back anyway for being a tit. <laughs> so what was it like when, when you got off lockdown? Well, everyone's giddy, aren't they? Everyone's just, like, happy. It was just, like, fucking sort of... I went to the wreck yard and fucking they called me over. They said, all right, you've been on probation for long enough. Keep on doing what you're doing. He said, but just... We suggest that you give when you make hooch give uh, instead of just selling to the whites sell it a couple of bottles to the other races too <coughs> normally you can't do dealings with the races but if you run a store if you run cantina that's basically where you've got a locker full of food you've got soups summer sausages and stuff like that and people are waiting to get their store to put the list in you do two for ones or three for twos basically they get say three soups off you 
oh, two soups off you and they pay you three baht. And you just write down a little book. And at the end of it, well, obviously you're making, as long as everyone pays you, you're making money. So I started I started running a store and stayed away from the hooch a little bit. And then I was also doing cards. We were doing cards and lottery and stuff like that. So we started getting on as a pod in general. Because don't forget, you're there for a while. I was in that. I was in the same pod for three fucking years. So the racial harmony was coming together. Yeah, yeah, it was getting back back on track, and it was just like, and instead of when I did make hooch, instead of selling it to just our own race, I'd sell a couple of bottles to, to other races to just to, mainly. I would never ever give it them. I wouldn't give it them for free. But I'd give the heads of each race a couple of bottles and then they could give me two in a fish or whatever. Or we'd gamble for it, play a game of cards for it or something. But things got back on track and it's just like... I mean, you can make your prison hard or you can make it fucking easy. You can be like, have the attitude. Because when I first got there, I'm thinking, I don't give a flying bastard fuck. That fucking twatting judge give me fucking seven and a half fucking years. Fucking cunts. I'm not going to be getting out to see the time of day anytime fucking soon. So I'm just going to fucking do what I fucking do. Fuck them, you know what I mean? If you think they can rehabilitate me, they've fucking got a long time coming doing that. But they did in the end. They, they were you down. But, yeah, you, I mean, you get into a routine. And not every day, not every day there's a story, really. Not every day... You, there's a fight or not every day. There's, in fact, a hell of a lot of time. There's fucking not. Because people try and stay away from the fights as much as possible. Because when there's a fight, especially when it's like, like two different races going at it, the first thing it does is close the yard. Second thing it does is stops all your fucking visits. But you ain't not getting visits, you're not getting drugs in. You're not getting drugs in you got some mad motherfuckers just fucking itching for a fucking fight no matter what. And it just stops the whole fucking stability of the prison. Yeah, so the absolute priority of the gangs is to keep the drug flowing. The yeah, to flowing. keep it flowing, basically, yeah. 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 So one of your most watched videos then on your playlist is the situation where you called out a guy and there was a fight and it went wrong for you. You want to describe that one? Oh, fuck it, I've got to tell someone fucking twice that I got out whooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I was in... It wasn't in Steiner then. I, I was in... Um, I was in Kingman, Kingman, Arizona. I went from Steiner, did three years in Steiner, did a few years in Florence North, and then I went from there and finished off in Kingman. And then from Kingman to immigration. And then from immigration, Arizona to immigration, Cali. And then from Cali immigration to home. But yeah, so we're playing cards. I were in Florence. Uh, Florence, no, Kingman, sorry. We're in Kingman. And uh, by this time, I've fucking, I've settled down a bit. People get to know me. And I'm actually, I'm not just running a wing. I'm running the, the whole door. I'm running like the whole section, the, the south, east, north, and west. I'm running the whole of Florence North. So it's just like I've got one, two, three, four, five, six pods under me. 
and each one of them have got their own head and they come and speak to me and then I go straight to the head people at this time and tell them what's going on and what's not going on every Thursday we go to the library and have a meeting with them so um, playing cards yeah and like it, playing I think it was spades we might have been playing I was running book and um, I th again I, th I thought the guy had cheated or something cut a long story short the fucking the, the B word come out me out my mouth I called him a bitch and it was like a big black guy too I thought well, I can't call dad now I've got to back up my words you know what I mean so fucking Marvin, I went, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Didn't go in the shower there and then. We had to wait for him to do Quenta counts. As soon as we finished doing the count, we went to the, the we went into the fucking showers. Now, when you're in there, unless you're putting your when they say boot up, by the way, you haven't actually got boots to put on. You just put your trainers on. Nine times out of ten in there, you just walk around with your, your, your flip-flops, your, your shower sandals. You're not going anywhere. You don't go in the yard with your shower sandals. But you do, around the, right, if you're just sitting in around the pod, you're just sitting in your shower sandals. And I'd forgot to fucking, with my minute of fucking having butterflies in my stomach, thinking, fucking hell, this big bastard him, isn't he? All the fucking people to fucking call a fucking bitch to. And fucking, I might have, I might have even, I don't know if it was, I might not have given the double barrel punk bitch, but I definitely given one of the two, which is just as bad. So uh, we go in there, and I'm trying to get to towards the, I'm trying to get towards the corner where the camera's not on me. There's there's a blind spot there, so like fucking, we're waiting. You gotta wait. There's a white guy there, and there's a black guy there, and he's waiting for people to do the, the count waiting for the guards to do Quinta. And then once they've finished counselling, once they've gone in and they check the boxes, they're doing that. You go and you throw down. You get it on. So waiting and waiting and waiting and your butterflies are going like, but you think, ah, fuck it, I've got this. So he comes towards me and I'm thinking, I'll lunge at him. But as I lunge at him, I fucking like trip over on my flip-flop and I just go fucking straight to the fucking ground. So he's on me like a fucking bag of rice. And he's just like literally pounding the shit out of me. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to do something fucking here. I managed to get him off. And things are going like fucking black and white. And feel like I'm going to pass fucking out. Because he's clubbing me. not just clubbing me. He's fucking hitting me with these as well. Right across my fucking head. Managed to get my sense together. Managed to get on top of him. And then... Managed to get through off him because he was fucking. He was like a guy with mice and men. He was fucking strong as fuck. So like fucking go again, and he's like, "Nah, you've had enough." I said, "Fucking hell, yeah, right, I have." I said, "Look, I apologise for calling you that. It come out, and I didn't mean it." And it's like, um, "I hope we can leave it at that." And we left it at that, and we fucking jaw was aching. We fucking. Nose is all bleeding, my fucking teeth were bleeding. I got fucking these two here. One of the viewers kindly commented the other week that I need to go and see the dentist. They're lucky I've got bastard teeth at all, you daft cunt. Fucking hell. <laughs> and there was a situation where the youngsters you were mentoring 
Got out of control on Hooch. Which one? Um, Wasn't there almost a race riot over that? You're jumping prisons on me, Lair. Okay, let's go back then to, um, let's see. You're at Buckeye, aren't you? And then Kingman. I'm at Steiner. Steiner, yeah. Yeah. So what else happened in Steiner then before we keep going? With the hooch again. That's where you had your hooch, wasn't it, back in Steiner? Yeah, in Steiner. Well, they had it in every prison in the end. Okay. But the, 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 with the, I've, I've already mentioned the one about the youngsters, haven't I? Yeah, our, um, you were mentoring them. Yeah. But wasn't there almost a race riot? Well, that's because I hadn't been mentoring them on it. That's because they were, they were, they were about to fight one another. I see. Okay. So you got them under control then? Well, not so much under the control. After they fucking put fucking locks in socks and fucking took chunks out of one another's heads. <laughs> I mean, like, it's fucking, it's all right trying to say, like, steady on, lads, steady on. He always likes mentioning the times I fuck up, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, here's another time I fucked up, then. <laughs> fucking ass. <laughs> fucking. I wasn't supposed to be giving the youngsters hooch, but they were doing a good job for me to go in and getting oranges and, like, for them to bring them back, it's humiliating what they had to do. They'd get a sock and tie it on the boxer shorts, and if you guys get four oranges in your fucking sock, and the youngsters would wear baggy pants, so they'd come out with, like, fucking. A sock of oranges, basically, but you couldn't fucking see him, you know what I mean? So they've got all the youngsters getting all this stuff for me. Do a big, massive batch. Decides to get him fucking drunk. <sighs> Stupid idea. And then, like, they're playing dominoes, they're playing bones. And I could just see it, it looking around. And Adam, the other guy, said, Oh, fucking hell, I'm staying out of this one, me. I said, I'm not even going to have a drink. I said, I might have had the odd one. So he's like, keep a sore bread. It's bound to kick off. It's guaranteed to go off now. So all you hear is the N-word comes out. Some young fucking knucklehead fucking couldn't handle He had two bottles of hooch for fuck's sake. And he's like fucking going round. And I wouldn't mind. He was like, um, I don't know how to best say it without sounding racial. He was sort of like a white guy, but he'd have his pants down the bottom here and he was showing his boxer shorts. He'd be like a white guy trying to be a black guy, basically. You know what I mean? There is a word for it, but I'm not going to um, say it. So he's trying to be a... He's all old. He's trying to be a wigger. And, like, fucking... It, it works out that fucking... This guy's like, I'm going to put our fucking batteries in the sock and it's going to go off. So I'm trying to calm this down with the heads. And the, the, even the black the head, the black of the head said, just let them go at it, the fucking fools, you know what I mean? Just let them knock lumps out of one another and that'll stop them. So I think, oh, what a bad idea, really, you know what I mean? <laughs> so they fucking, I, I wasn't expecting, I just thought they were going to go in and have a little fucking scrap. There about eight of them fucking rolling there, about fucking nine of the blacks. And the next minute, the fucking socks come out and they have, like, fucking double-A batteries fucking full of them. Fucking... They didn't have pool balls, but they had dominoes, like, plastic dominoes, and they had a pile of them. Not much weight to them, but they're all jagged. So if you get lumped over the fucking head with them, or with, like, say, like, 10 or 15 old fucking batteries, you're going to fucking feel it. 
So it's going fucking off. I feel like fucking Rocky Balboa in the fucking restroom now. Screw walks past. Fucking, that's it. That's me in the block again. I had to do 30 days in the fucking hole that time. And when I got out, I'd had my hooch privileges fucking took off me and there wasn't to fucking run the pod. <coughs> so what were some positive highlights then, La? Will you keep on giving all the fucking negative ones? I was going to go to the fire story next, but have you got any positive no, ones? No, 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 it's fucking hell fire. <laughs> come down the dogs! Four. The dogs! down four hours for this. The dog training. Got blisters on me fucking free. <laughs> You were assigned to train, <coughs> to train the dog. Yes, please. That didn't end up positive. They took that from me. <laughs> what positive ones are there? There's not too many in prison, lad. <laughs> Lucky, though. <laughs> it's just for, especially when you were like, so like me. It's all right for you. You you kept yourself to yourself. And you behaved. And you, you acted accordingly. You wasn't a fucking prick like I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been a good boy for a while I went in we're in a different jail that's why I've got to look at it when he's telling me these things because I used to I, I, I like doing my stories with one jail get that, get that out of the way and then I can tell you plenty of other stories about my next jail I went to and the one after that but he's skipping jails on me now I'm in Florence now I'm in, I'm in another jail <laughs> <laughs> which jail should we go back to then? Oh, let's sit with Florence <laughs> Looking, so I end up I'm there for about a year and a half, and they started this dog program. And basically, what it was was you get strays, and the the, the strays they'd have 28 days. And basically, what you'd have to do is you'd have to sort of well, actually, no, sorry, you got six weeks. And with these dogs, you'd have to train them, and you'd have to make them make sure to, to don't go biting people give them proper good training and uh, make sure that at the end of it a family or a, an old person could come and pick it up and the dog's got a home at the end of it now how they did that was basically they had this the, the dog charity and they picked eight of us and it was a new scheme so eight of us did it they had a nice pod for us where there was eight cells eight dog little dog kennels and a back door where we could open it well we couldn't but the guard could come and like unlock it from the guard house and that's where the dogs would pee and that we'd have to and shit and we'd have to tidy it up and through the day these charity women had come and they'd teach us basic commands like sit stay i mean 98 percent of it's like fucking body language anyway so we're teaching so i'm getting taught how to train dogs it's fucking all right, this. Best paid job in there. It was like £12.50. Bloody hell, so that's um, about $15. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's better than the fucking... That's an hourly, is it, 15 Yeah, because it started, it was a pound, it was a dollar a day in the kitchen. That's shite, isn't it? Yeah. So we're training these dogs, and um, everything's going well. The fucking, the, the first lot... And it was these people come and the the governor and that from the prison sort of had to fucking did a bit of a buffet and that not for fucking us for the people who come to get the dogs, and each one of us had to do a show with the dogs 
where it'd stop, where it'd sit, where it'd roll over, where it'd give you your paw and stuff like that. Everything went well. My dog got adopted and I, I felt really good about it. I had to wait about three weeks to get another dog. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting to get this dog. Now, when you've been with a dog for a fucking while, and you haven't been used to being with a dog for a while, it was just company. And that was actually keeping me out of trouble. I was really happy about it. And then I ended up getting myself in trouble. Fucking, one of my mates tells me from the other side of the prison that they're going to roll one of the heads up, Roman. And the fucking, the youngsters, the torpedoes, I want me to make some gloves and the ballets for them. So they've got the gloves and masks on. So basically when they rush him and do him in, there's no actual camera evidence that, that it's them, you know what I mean? And I've showed you how, if you go on my podcast, I'll show you how to make gloves and balaclavas. Wild Man's playlist in the description box below the video. Yeah, I do it, actually show you there and then how to do it. So I make these gloves and I make these ballets and I go, I meet them on store day. They're getting the sack of store. I get like about 12 quid for them. So I thought nothing of it to be fair. Like, And then the fucking, the, the alarms went. And I'm thinking it was about two days after I'd give the gloves out. I'm thinking, what the fucking hell is going on? Everyone locked down, everyone locked down. So we had to go and lock down. And the best thing of where we was, with having the dogs, was we had to say is no matter what time of night, We'd have to say the dog wants a poo or a piss. So they'd open the door and we'd go out and have a fag. So it was like fucking... And it was literally... The area wasn't much bigger than this and it was just grass verge. And we had to keep it clear. And it was fenced. It was all fenced. The dogs weren't going anywhere. So um, I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, what's going on in the yard? And then one of the guys I said, oh, fucking hell, they've gone and done it now, haven't they? He said, what? He said, they've rolled the head up over there. And then the fucking doing a, a proper investigation about it. I went, oh, well, whatever. Meant to do with me, you know what I mean? So when they fucking searched these young lads and get them, one of them had got rid of the stuff. The other one had found these gloves. Well, everyone around the prison knew that I was making gloves. Before you know it, they come and get me in the middle of the fucking night. Fucking take, take me from the dog fucking pen thing and put me straight in the fucking hole and have me on investigation. Possibly street charges for inciting a riot. So how did you get out of that then? Well, for the simple fact that I'd, I said I'd made the gloves and I'd made the, 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 the bally, but just because I'd made them, I didn't make them use it for them to use like that. Yeah, just for normal work. Yeah, just for normal work, basically. So how long were you in the hole on this time? I was in the hole for three weeks on that one. And then what happened when you got back out? Was things back to normal or was it different? No, because I couldn't get my job back. So what did they assign you to do? They put me in, in two, building two, which was basically for the guys who had been everywhere else and couldn't fit in anywhere. And just like, it was hard to even be a fucking porter in there. Really? Yeah, it was that bad. So what did you do to pass the time in there? I made more fucking gloves. Fuck <laughs> it. Kept me going.
I'd love to be the interview. You know one of these? We could do one of these. Hang on, interview, Sean. You go ahead. <laughs> we can have a chat. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. What year is this now, then? Um, let me see. It was Florence. So, oh, now we got Nick. No, 0-2. 2 SWAT team, May 16th. So the 3 and a half of 0-4, This would be 0-7. This is this would be about a, probably a year before getting out. Okay. So have I missed any of the stuff that you wanted to... No, you've covered it, Laura. <laughs> right, all right. So you're on your final stretch now. So they say you start to get gate fever. <laughs> Did you get any gate fever? Not really, no. I was just... Because I had a street issue over there that I had to handle, which I can't, I can't get into. So I'm thinking, well, you've got to let me out of here and I'm going to get fucking picked at the airport and go straight to prison over there. But that didn't happen. But I did... When the first day, day I got out, I was excited. But then I thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to go to immigration and I'm going to be at fucking immigration for fucking ages. And I was, I was at Phoenix Immigration for three months, and then they sent me to Cali, and then I was at Cali Immigration for just over three and a half months, and then finally they don't tell you when you go in; they just tell, tell you roll up. Before that, though, what was your very last day in Arizona Department of Corrections like? Were people hitting you up for your property and stuff? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to give anything away, really. You're not supposed to, because it's like theft property and that. I had a TV. Um, it's been took off me a few times. When I mean that, when I say that, I mean, whenever you get tickets in prison, the first thing they do is to take off things that fucking they call it privileges. Your TV's a privilege. Going to canteens a privilege. Stuff like that's a privilege. So they take it away say for 30 days, and then you go and pick it up for 30 days. Well, people wanted to be TV in that, but I didn't really want to give it away because you can actually get a street charge on it for doing it. In the end, I, fucking, I let it go. I, fucking, I just said I broke it, you know what I mean? But they made me a big scram. They made me a, bit of, a load of food, and the youngsters would put candy bars on my pillar. Because when you first go in there, they show you a documentary. The rape like, class. Yeah. Where basically they say that you don't um, take any chocolate or any form of any gifts from anyone because they'll think that the you are one then. So this is what the rape class goes on about. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, six and a half, seven years, not one of them haven't been offered a bar of fucking chocolate apart from what I've sold in store to them, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the youngsters give me some chocolate and I get it. So your last day, then, they're going to take you over to deportation. Mm -hmm. So you getting like, did they give you street clothes back and stuff? No, no. You go prison you, blues. You go from de 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 deportations. Yeah. Yeah. So which was your first deportation? Did you say Florence, or was it um, Florence was the first one? Florence, and you were in there for a few months. Yeah, from Steiner to Florence. To Florence. So now this is the federal prison system from Kingman sorry to Florence 
this is the federal prison system. I imagine you're the only Englishman in there. Yeah, there was a, there was two Russians, and there was a a guy from Syria, and all the rest is Mexican. Yeah, all the rest. So Me- Mexican and um, well, in Florence, all the rest were Mexican until when I went to California, and there were. Fifty percent Mexican, fifty percent Californian. So you've gone no, from fifty percent Thai. So you've gone from Arizona prison, where there's these rules of racial division strictly enforced. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're the only Englishman. It's all Mexicans, and then the Mexicans are like just sitting on people's bunks and behaving differently. Yeah. Well, did that? Did that? Out. I was going to ask. How did that? Did were you thinking like you got to react because you got this prison mentality? Well, I just sat back and watched. Because don't forget, I'd been in the immigration before. Oh, yeah. Yes, you were familiar with it. So I was actually familiar with the immigration. Yeah. I hadn't gone straight from prison. I'd gone on from the streets. But I was in immigration. Oh, I had to. When, I was, when they had me for, for Corrie, the, the first time I went immigration, I went from Madison. Yeah. So I kind of knew what it was like. But I was just happy to be there. Because the food, once again, is fucking brilliant. And you've always got along with the Mexicans. They've always respected you. When you were in Puerto Penasco, Rocky Point, they called you El Oso. He's getting a lot out of this fucking interview, isn't he? We, we, <laughs> we've jumped now from fucking... <laughs> Can I have a fact time out? I want a fact before we go on to Mexico. Get a bit angry, lad. You're going to choke me out. No, lad. I'm just fucking... <laughs> right, fact, fact break. Yeah. Keep all that in. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. He's got like 110 stories out of me in one fucking day. <laughs> Thank you for all of your questions. Please, if you've got more questions for Wildman, put them in the comment section below this video. Yes, please do. We're very happy to answer all your questions. I very appreciate your comments. Um, with the good or bad, I don't really give a fuck, but I appreciate you listening to me. Adam Smith has asked... In a prison fight, is it best to knock out, submit, or draw blood from your opponent to establish the most impressive win? You're not trying to impress, you're trying to survive. It's not a point where, like, oh, sh- should I uh, give him a black eye? It looks better. <laughs> Jono Murphy. Well, man, me and my missus... Would love to buy you a drink, lad. I'll drive up to Widnes from Walsall any day. You're more than welcome, mate. Save your dad. Has said, I'm a new subscriber. Cheers, mate. If you can, would you be so kind to give me a shout out on your next video? Take care, wild man. Yes. What was his name again? Save your dad. Save your dad. Shout out to you. Cheers, save your dad. Victor Ruilas. Did Wildman ever catch any STDs? Not in prison, no. What were Wildman's parents' reaction to him being locked up in America? This is from Hazy Hills. Um, I don't actually know, because I was over there and they were over here. I would imagine they wouldn't have been too shocked. Rubber chicks... How did Wildman deal with come downs? I generally didn't have any. Because you just kept going. Yeah, while I was, when I wasn't in prison, I just 
told me a day I didn't do drugs, so there wasn't a day to say, oh, fucking hell, I feel a bit rough, because I'd just get fucking right back on the fucking tweak pipe. Let me ask you this then. When the SWAT team came... Yeah. ...and going cold turkey in the, the jail, was there, was there like a Jonesy feeling or anything? No. A withdrawal? You know what? I felt healthier than fuck. I kept fucking eating fucking Red Death here there and there. I was eating loads of fucking food. Is that because, as you always used to tell me, the drugs do not let the drugs control you, we control the drugs? Yeah. Basically, you've always got to keep it like that. Because when I was on the streets getting high as a kite, my diet would consist of banana yahoos and, like, fucking beef jerky. Literally, that was it. Oh, in the 40s, King Cobra and um, Old English, malt liquor. But that wasn't really like a drug. That was just to keep me... That's the first thing I'd have when I'd get up, actually. I'd have a King Cobra and I'd have a large fucking vodka and lemonade. So when you used to tell me, do not let the drug control you, we control the drugs, what did that exactly mean? Well, it's just that you see these bagheads, fucking horrible bastards, and they fucking start doing fucking heroin and shit, and then the next minute they're shaking, and they're, they're not human. They're fucking weirdos, aren't they? You know what I mean? So not to end up like that. So Holly Rorabau, love waking up to a wild man video. Y'all are hilarious. What's up? Wild man, you're doing okay. We love you. Do you ever have to fight or put anyone in their places now? Or do you just take your anger out in demolishing kitchens with your bare hands? <sighs> also, I see your eyebrow go up. I can't imagine ever making you mad. You wouldn't make me mad ever, love. It's only guys, it's only guys normally. It's only people who fucking cocks make me mad. So do you ever have to fight or put anyone in their place now? No, no. My wife beats the shit out of me, puts me in my place. And do you think that channeling your energy into demolishing kitchens? I don't actually demolish kitchens. I'm never going to get a kitchen job again. Why people say <laughs> things like that? I actually take the old kitchen out and I put a really nice new existing kitchen in and uh, make a good job of it for a very reasonable price. My dad's been in the business for over 50 years. And um, I'm very good with the hammer. Chad Caldicott. You're the man, bro. Your great content never fails to make me laugh. Good people and humour go a long way. Keep it up, mate. You will go far. But he's asked, what do you think of society today? Uh, uh, I don't really have a thought on it, to be fair. I just let the day go day, day by day. Brexit and all that, I don't really give a fuck about. Um, I like Donald Trump. And um, I like Farage too, because he's a pisshead. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I like that blonde fucking idiot too. Boris. Yeah. Him and Donald Trump can exchange wigs, can't <laughs> I like them too. Them two for fucking president, prime minister, I say. Okay, too. Did anyone ever snitch on Wildman? Uh, and if so, did he retaliate? 
Well, we all got snitched on, not by very many, though. It was very, for out of our group, it was a very small few. Can you compare it to the fucking Sammy Rat the Bull and how many people fucking started talking in his crew? It was the majority of the crew. Then Italians say, oh, die by the sword, live by the bull fucking shit. One of them gets napped and that's it. Spaghetti goes out the fucking window and they start talking. This is from Cookie Muncher. Does Wildman look back on what he did in America and his life? And does he regret any of it? No regrets. You can't have life with regrets, can you? You only have life once, live it. Blur Sutherland. What is Wildman's favourite film? Uh, there's a few. Can you name any? Shot Caller. Yeah, Shot Caller's good. Do you like Shawshank? Mm. Drool's on a bit, I think. What about stuff like um, Goodfellas and Casino? I like Goodfellas. American Me? I try to stay away. Well, yeah, don't mind <clears throat> that either. But Shot Caller, I'd have to say. I mean, if we're going to put a favourite movie out there, it'd be Shot Caller. And what stuff are you watching these days? Um... I don't really. I haven't really got much chance to watch movies because I'm always commenting on you, lovely people. Do you watch anything on Netflix or any shit like that? Series, through crime, or anything? No, no, no. Okay. I've got Netflix, but I don't. Um, Some good ones. I mean, I've, 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 a lot of the Netflix is old to me because when it first came out, I watched Dexter and all that stuff. I didn't yeah. mind all that, but I, I like new stuff. Well, I've recently watched, and I think these are good defenders out there. Who want to watch some interesting things? Um, abducted in plain sight on Netflix. I thought that was good. Um, Killing Eve on BBC. Like uh, it's completely uh, made up. You can it would never. It's all impossible fantasist stuff. But it's like a woman, a female. That where someone gets pushed down the stairs and it starts off as that. Oh, the staircase. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that one. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, Killing Eve. She's like a female assassin. It's it's a fun one to watch. But the staircase. Kind of shows similar injustices that we saw in Making a Murderer. So if you haven't watched both Making a Murderers, recommend them as well. And then these Ted Bundy ones. This has got the Ted Bundy tapes. And um, there's another one about him. I can't remember what it's called now. But, um, oh yeah, and that one, the guy who was doing the, um, the date, he dated the woman. Joe, what was his name? The cult guy. No, no. Um, Fred West. Nasty, dirty, dirty. Dirty John. Dirty John, is it? Not Dirty Joe. Dirty John. Dirty John. Yeah. Yeah, the Dirty John stuff. It's a true story. I like the true stuff on Netflix mostly. I recommend all those ones I just said. I recommend them. And um, There's a couple of tries to watch. I think one was called Desperado or something. It was all in Spanish. Was it? Yeah. Well, I do like some in Spanish. The Narcos Mexico is good. Because that shows more like the police corruption side of yeah. it. Yeah. And also, um, what was the other one I've watched recently? I'm starting to watch um, Central Park 5. If anyone's ever watched, there was other stuff on the Central Park 5. They got framed out of New York. There's a new thing on Netflix about them that I'm just about to start watching, so I'd recommend that as well. If, you haven't, if you're not familiar with Central Park 5 or West Memphis 3, pure prosecutor, police corruption, framing people for murders, Send them into brutal prisons where they get brutalized. It's, it's really heartbreaking. I like the Birmingham Five as well, and then all the tales on them, and all the different ways that it comes about. 
What happened with the Birmingham Five? I'm not familiar with that one. It's one where they got stuck up the, the country lanes was in the Range Rover and got fucking killed. Was it? Yeah, it was the, the it was like the like eighties thing, and they were they were dormant. Yeah, and they were getting all high on coke and shit, and it was, they, they, were, they were selling loads. Like the end of the first. There's three or four different movies out of the same thing, and each one has a different ending of who did it. Like kind of like the end of the Rise of the Foot Soldier movie. Yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, that's a good movie as well. But they end up uh, each one they show them going up to the, going up the lanes. One of them getting out, the other guy coming and shooting. But each one is different guy getting shot. Yeah. I've got another fucking question. Question here. Should I skip that? No, I'm used to another. Donut master, question for Wildman. You did jail and prison time in Arizona. <sighs> During your incarceration, were you allowed to take your cushion into the chow hall? Which would you rather sit on? A Sergio Tashini cushion or a Frank Kappa cushion? I'm talking about cushions, so for all the American viewers, that means cushions in American too. Skip. Skip. Hal Fleg. You talk about the rules of whites exercising if under 35. Was it the same rules for the blacks, Mexicans and other races? Uh, yeah, it was actually, yeah. But we wouldn't enforce them, obviously. Their own people would do it. But in general, yeah. If you were under 35, you were going out and you were getting trained up to be a soldier. He's also asked, <coughs> so wild man put so much work into in Arizona prison, they said he could have a tattoo. He mentioned he did not get it. Is that therefore seen as disrespectful for not getting the tat and you would get smashed? I thought it would be compulsory. No, it's not compulsory. Because for him to give me white power, for, for start, I should be American anyway. So it's like... Um, it's not. It wasn't compulsory. It was like because I had put work in. It was an honorary, and it was a uh, white pride. They were gonna give me that white power, and I didn't want it because basically, once you're marked, you you you've got it for life, and if you ever get put in prison again, you don't get to see the nice cushy yards because you're straight in SMU because you're classed as an organised gang criminal. Security threat group status. You're wearing your tat. You're basically advertising what yeah. you've done. So it's not the brightest thing in the world. Do you have guards when you go in there and when you're naked to, to look down and they take down your tats, tats and that? And if they, they know exactly all the tattoos and what gangs are what, you know what I mean? They know the MS-13, they know everything like that. The Reaper has asked, thanks for showing your stories, wild man. My question is, would the fact you're talking so extensively about your experiences and the conditions and politics in US prisons, if you ended up back in the joint in America, would you get attacked by inmates or guards? I wouldn't put myself in that opportunity. For one, if I went back to America, I'm looking at 25 anyway, because I'm banned for life, and life means life. I've been kicked out of the country three fucking times. R6S Clips 2 has asked, how hard was it to find a job after your release? Do people blow it out of proportion or is it really hard when you've got a criminal conviction? No, it's really hard. It's not so much the criminal conviction, it's the fact that you've got no sort of... Um, 
no computer skills or you haven't got no just basic stuff that to, to get a job you haven't got none of that i mean i went i, I did different courses i did like basic computer and like how to use it but you have to do things like that you know what i mean because this day and age it's all about computers you got to learn how to use it chris Petey, did wildman ever narrowly miss being taken out to the desert himself oh yeah several times i nearly took myself out a few fucking times dave oakley have you ever had the gun aimed at yourself yeah yeah quadrex what is the funniest thing wild man has seen um i don't know there's a jumping lot bill. yeah jumping bill's probably one of the most refreshing it was wasn't it yeah i've got to say because when you're in prison and you've got that sort of like always keep yourself on guard and then this strange character comes in and he's got all the fucking like all these like hard-faced criminals this church on the street looking all like sort of like gangsters next minute they jump up and down like kids yeah that's probably say jumping bill. church on the street props to them if they're still going in arizona so this is like going back now to 2002 towers jail it's just a sweaty hot box of everyone just like high on meth and tweaking out and paranoid and people are getting smashed and like we've described in the jail podcast all that stuff's going on then all of a sudden the guards call out church on the street line up at the sliding door and everyone fucking runs to form this line at the door because only so many people can go it's really hard to get to believe it or not isn't it yeah yeah <coughs> i used to give people <coughs> candy bars to stand at that sliding door and keep keep me queued up there you know what I mean so I could get to church on the street because everyone wanted to go because it was a form of well it's really where you're going to talk to your co-defendants or get to talk to anyone else from other people's pod for one I mean I used to go to a Muslim service too because Kerry converted in when she was in the, the female prison so the reason that i'd get letters off this guy was i'd go to the muslim service and he'd bring kites over from when he'd been to the female chair and give me the kites it's a good way to have communication through these classes and yeah. services and a lot of people do drug deals in them as well and we had cushions in there too and yells <laughs> on him and said i like bar so when you so when you finally got allowed into church on the street it's like this classroom setting and we're all sat on rows of chairs and Pastor Walt comes in <coughs> he's got these big intense eyes and he's looking over the flock and the most religious prisoners are sat on the front rows and they're all tatted up with like Jesus and the Virgin Mary and stuff. Our crew are on the back rows in church on the street. Joey Crack, all our guys, there's the Italian Mafia guys we clicked up with, we're all talking and whispering. And every now and then, like, Wildman's whisper rises and the, 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 he stops the service. The past the wall. The, 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 the demon, what was his name? The street fighter. Oh, God, him, yeah. Grave. What we call him in the book? Grave Digger. Yeah. He's yeah. got the big puppet devil thing on his... One hard motherfucking him, like... Yeah, he, he was fighting multiple people at the same time. So we're all in there. 
every now and then past the wall is stopping the service and saying brimstone and fire is going to come down on the back row because we we are the mockers and scoffers predicted in the end of times. Uh, but then, like, all of a sudden, the whole service stops. There's just past the wall and hillbilly Ed in his little snakeskin shoes. All of a sudden, the whole service stops. And this bald man just runs in with a gay rainbow T-shirt on and glasses, smiling, like, this smile that's going all up his face, like he's, he's on something. And he just goes, he, gets, he pulls this guitar out. He's got this other guy with him. He looks like a guy out of the Rolling Stones. He's also got a guitar. And Pastor Walt just goes, right, I'm handing it over to Jumping Bill. And Jumping Bill just goes, Dring, holy, we are holy. And starts literally just jumping up and down. Lord God almighty first people look at one another think what the fuck but they used to start saying oh fuck it let's jump worthy is the lamb we started jumping with worthy him. is the lamb for we are holy holy and all the people looking like what the fuck there's people smiling and laughing and part of the audience is kind of melting it towards him well, people are looking hard and stuff. He just runs up to the back row people, the hardest looking people, some of them, gets right in front of the faces and he's just smiling like this. And he's like, holy, we are holy, worthy is the lamb. And in the end, they just fucking start laughing. And then the chorus goes, right, everybody, everybody jump. And the whole room, just fucking everyone just has pogo dancing up and down. And it gets so crazy. People are just pulling off their fucking deck shoes, throwing them across the room, throwing them at each other. People are throwing chairs across the room. There's all this fucking noise, like there's a riot. Next thing, the guards come running in. Like, what the fuck? They're threatening to send us all back and we're refusing to go back. Jumping Bill tells them it's all okay. They leave. And then Jumping Bill goes, as soon as they're gone, he's like, oh, he just strums his guitar. Fucking, just like, jump down. Gets on the floor like this, holy! And then when he's done all that, it's like, come on, jump! Everyone, jump! It's fucking mental in this ins in this insane place. IDs are falling out of people's pockets, and yeah, it was. That was one for such such a bleak environment. I actually got kicked out of church. <laughs> oh, the mooning! Oh, throwing the frisbee at the fucking priest! <laughs> oh my god, we were at a Catholic mass. And every week, every week we were going to this Catholic Mass and the priest kept saying about his mum was about to die. She was like almost 100. <coughs> and even the Italian Mafia guys, it was so moving, these speeches. Even some of the Italian Mafia guys, were, tears were in their eyes and they were praying. Well, I'm just goes, oh, how old fucking is she? Almost, she's almost fucking 100. She's got a good innings, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? So he, the priest came and did the communion. And well, man... Pull the communion out of his mouth, put it on his eye patch, like a pirate's eye patch, and goes, everyone, look at me. I'm not rule 31, I've been told, I'm not. <laughs> so the priest is walking to the front of the room, while man takes it off his eye, and he does this frisbee throw, and the communion just, it goes, ding, 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 ding skims the ceiling, and hits the priest in the back. And all the front row were all the tats of Jesus and Mary. They're all looking back. All looking, looking back. That was another classic. It was quite funny, that. Yeah. 
Um, what Italians were, didn't like it, did they? Cause they're a bit religious. Some so of them, yeah, some of them were a bit um, offended. Yeah. Um, have I asked you this one yet, La? From Chad. What do you think of societies today? Yeah, we haven't done yeah. that, page. I've lost my fucking... I've lost where I am now. Let's see. Um, let's go to the end of it. Chris Blur. Hi, wild man. When you are in prison abroad, does it go on your record in the UK? We've got Interpol records, haven't we? We've got Interpol records, yeah, but it doesn't... Um, and yeah, it's there for life too, once you do all the five years. If you like, you can do prison over there up to three years and you get it expunged after a while where it's not on your records after seven years. But with our serious crime, it's always beyond ours. This is um, an interesting one because a few people have asked this and not many people might know what it actually means. Well, man, were you in witness when the Storm Roses did the Spike Island concert in May 1990? Solid tickets, weren't we? We were out. Don't we have a giant dog with us? Yeah, yeah. We were outside the concert. We didn't go in. We had a giant dog with us, and we were selling, reselling tickets. I had one of my mates fucking out. Had some tickets made up for me. Yeah. Back then they weren't that hard or anything. You fucking hell. You just literally get a good photocopy and photocopy. From typical Steve, love to have a pint with Wild Man. Such a loving bloke. Mm-hmm. My question is. What if a guy's in there for murdering a child molester? Would he be treated like an ordinary person for killing a chomo? You wouldn't see him. Killing a child molester? He'd be in high security. Yeah. Ben James? He's not going to have a problem for killing a chomo. Actually, I had a, a neighbour who'd killed a chomo, and um, he was respected for it. He, did a 20, he was on 25 to life. Ben James... Did you ever consider planning an escape in prison? See the size of the fucking walls? See the size of me? <laughs> Fuck that. How am I going to get over a 35-foot wall? <laughs> Not only that, it's dome-shaped. Very possible to escape. Literally, at the, the very tops of the, the, the perimeter, anyway. Sort of, to go like that, and it's just like one big ball, like that. So there's no way of getting it over. This is from Dylan Seahorse, who sent the glasses... He said, can you finish the podcast with Wildman choking you out, Sean? No, because that'd be violence. So we're, just we're, demonst- here to, we're, we're here to fucking say violence is bad. Please demonstrate. Come on. No, I couldn't do that. I love you too. What about what? Kiss on the bald head. There we go. Nice one, man. Hold on now. It's a wrap. <laughs> I could probably do another hour now if you want. You sure? Fuck that. 